Last time on This Paranormal Life. Our story begins in 2016. A 71-year-old man named Leroy Timothy Anderson went to FBI headquarters in Virginia. Leroy, this is serious. Did you kill 33 people? Technically, I've killed 45, but 12 of them haven't been born yet. He also worked for the CIA on a project called Kronos. Project Kronos is a program created to eliminate anyone the CIA deems dangerous. And well, I was the hitman. The first person I killed was in 1678. Oh, Jesus Christ. Eventually, I stumbled across a WordPress blog. The website was called projectkronos.wordpress.com. Checks out. Marcus was a journalist who was writing a book on the British government's Project Kronos, the Ministry of Defense's research into time manipulation. According to Marcus, the government had spent millions on research. Uncle Guy took the box and hid it away and refused to talk about it. He never mentioned it again. Uncle Guy died in 2002, and in his will, he left me the shoebox. Hello everyone and welcome back to part 2 of Project Kronos. Hopefully if you have made it this far, it means that you have already listened to part 1 and you're here to find the conclusion. So if you haven't, please go back and listen to part 1 of Project Kronos because a lot of this is going to get real hot, real heavy, real fast guys. In episode one, we first talked about Leroy Anderson, a man who handed himself into the FBI for being a time-traveling hitman in a project called Kronos. That was a strong start. I don't think anyone really expected that. No, normally any any kind of crazy person like that with a crazy claim, it doesn't usually end in some kind of international conspiracy about a, about a government project like that. Yeah. We then thought we'd hit the end of the road until... I discovered that during the Second World War, the Nazis allegedly had their own time manipulation equipment called Kronos. Could these two be linked? And the final piece of the puzzle was discovering a blog written by a woman named Heather, whose uncle died and left her a mysterious shoebox in his will, filled with papers about a secret British project involving time manipulation. And that's where we are today, folks. We have the shoe... Well, we don't have it, but the shoebox is, is in the room. The lid is off. Today, we are going to go through these files one by one and find out what the hell is going on in this secret British operation. It wasn't just memories in the shoebox. It wasn't just little keepsakes, okay? No. <laughs> Object one, a solid gold swastika. I think these two <laughs> are linked. And I think Uncle Guy is a racist. <laughs> All right, without further ado, guys, let's get stuck in. The first object in the box was a letter from a man named Marcus, dated 11th of July, 1963. Dear Guy, if you are reading this, then I fear the worst. What you decide to do with the enclosed information is up to you, but I would urge the utmost caution. I'm absolutely sure that my telephone has been bugged and I'm being watched. I've received several warnings to drop this story always by mouth. They're careful to leave nothing that can be traced. I am enclosing the last few items that I have left. All of my other research papers were stolen, and it's only pure luck that I've had these pieces with me at the time. I shall leave this letter and the remaining items with my solicitor and request 
that on the event of my death or disappearance, they be forwarded to you. I am absolutely convinced that Annie was either successful in replicating the 1936 experiments or very close. I've received contradictory reports that Annie J is alive and well, living with an English scientist. I've also heard rumors that she was snatched by the Russians. To confuse matters further, I've also been told she's working with two scientists who originally developed the technology, Stephen and Conrad. I imagine you're asking yourself, with so much misinformation, what makes me think I have finally found the story to break my career? The only answer I have is that the warnings I receive have become more frequent, and I firmly believe this is because I am close to finding out the truth about Project Kronos. If you are reading this, then someone has stopped me. I would pass no judgment on you should you decide to destroy the contents of this package. Warmest wishes, dear friend. Goodbye. So it sounds like in trying to find the story to break his career, he accidentally broke his goddamn life. Exactly. Uh, the only way <laughs> Guy got this was if this journalist died or was yeah. murdered. You know, and th this is a this is a huge turning point for uh, you know journalists who are investigating something very controversial. If I was working for a newspaper, you know, late night, maybe it's an expose on some bad stuff that's going down, and three in the sure. morning. Guy shows up to, to my front door, gun to my head, and he says, drop the story. I say, you got it, buddy. It's gone. It's dropped. Because yeah. I don't want to die. Yeah. Do you, want me, do you want me to do anything else for you? I'll shine your goddamn shoes. Whatever <laughs> it takes to get the gun pointed away. Who do you work for? Let me write about your company. You seem like you're pretty strong. It, uh, it doesn't even take a gun, to be honest. Let's face it. In the movies, they rarely even have it. It's just a guy in a trench coat and, yeah. a, and a hat. And he goes, if you know what's good for you, yes, you'll... you'll You'll shut the f up for lack of you know he might he might choose. Usually they're a little more, more stylish. Than I'm that, paraphrasing, of course. Yeah. Yeah, but something to the effect of uh, you know you, you got a nice girl there. You got a nice girl. You got a nice kid. Why don't you Why don't you take a holiday? All right. Why don't you just Why don't you leave the city for a while? Huh? Okay. Oh, that was that was. Are you paying? Wait, who's paying? No, you're, you're you're paying. I'm just saying, take it, take 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 a holiday, chief. All right, you look tired. You look tired. I'll be so afraid what would happen if you hang around the city any longer. No, so that the first part was quite nice because you're worrying about like my my because things have been tough at, at home. I've been working late on this yeah, big I, case. Yeah, I bet. I don't know if you heard That's about actually, it, but there was like yeah, an you animal. don't need to tell me this. There was an animal. No, you don't what? need to tell. I don't want to know any details of the case. You don't want to say that out loud. Okay. okay? I'm, in fact, the reason I'm here is because I don't want you talking about the case anymore. I thought you wanted you were here because you were trying to sell me a holiday. I'm not selling. Oh, Jesus Christ! I'm not selling you the holiday. I'm telling you, you you look like you need a holiday. I do. I do need a holiday because yeah, some so, of the shit I've learned in the last couple days about yeah. what this corporation has been doing. Okay, you're gonna with nuclear. No, no, no. What? This is the. Okay, you're not you're not getting this. All right, chief. Who are you? Listen, I'm. How'd you get I'm in my just living room? A, a little. A mockingbird that has come to sing a little song for you, okay? Okay. And that song is Shut the f up and All get right. your goddamn family and get the f out of town. Okay, I'm confused. Hold on one second. Mary! Did oh, you call a, a travel oh, agent? Oh, Christ. Ma Ma he, he says he says you said you we, we were going on holiday. You're not gonna. Okay, listen. If you shut the f up for a second, I will. I, I will. I'll, I'll buy the flights. That was very kind of you. By the way, the story went out yesterday. <laughs> I take out a piano wire. <laughs> oh! <laughs> 
So for the record, this letter was from Marcus, who, as we know, was the newspaper reporter who was writing an expose about the British government's experiments with time travel when he died in a car crash. In this first letter, we're hearing him talk about a few key characters. First, a woman named Annie J, the scientist whose diary pages are in this shoebox, and two guys named Stephen and Conrad. Marcus ended the letter with, P.S. I'm enclosing a photograph from, I think, 1911. It belonged to a man named Arnold S., who I met just once before he died. He was quite decrepit at the time, but swore blind that the woman in the photograph was Annie J. But Annie J. wasn't born until 1913. So you're going <laughs> to... You're gonna have to help me here, okay? Right. So I get. I'm this. gonna be throwing a lot of names. I get. At you. Okay. And I, due to I sense that. I the sense classified that. nature of the documents, we're gonna be using uh, a lot of initials because their names are classified. Uh, you've classified them. Uh, Heather classified them. Okay. So I'm with you. This is Annie. She was born in 1913, but somehow she's appearing in this photo as a woman. As a woman in 1911. Yeah, that's weird. One issue. Who the f is Annie? We're about to find out, kid. As the diary begins. 27th of April. After all these years, why would I finally feel the need to put pen to paper and keep a diary? Surely this is more the territory of a teenage girl than a grown woman. It comes in part at the urging of my assistant and friend, Vasi. I think it's more than that, though. I think, as my work reaches a conclusion, I want to document my experiences, both then and now. It feels important that my experiences and memories of Stephen and Conrad are recorded for others to share, should they desire. Finally, I suppose I am hoping that my words will help explain the actions and choices I've made in my life. If you are reading this, then I am gone. Signed, Annie. It seems like if your letter ends up in this box, it's because you're dead. <laughs> it's because you're either dead or don't exist yet. <laughs> Imagine being born... And you've written several books already somehow. It's like you're born and you've already got a hit TV show. It's We're dealing with time travel here, folks. It's not the most black and white premise for a paranormal investigation. But I assure you that I have gone through all these pages and I will make it as crystal clear as to what is going on. Okay, great. So, Because I'm, I'm going to be on behalf of the listeners here. It's got to make sense to me and, and I'm right. going to need you to be crystal clear. Well, if you're going to be on speaking on behalf of the listeners, I'll tell you right now, shut the f*** up and let me do the story. Okay, because so I have to stop you there because it is All a right. podcast and it is me and you usually talking and investigating together. So mm -hmm. probably not going to quote, shut the f*** up. All right. Well, if you're if we're, we're podcasting together and yeah. you're like half yourself, half the listeners, half of you needs to shut the f*** up. So that's all I'm awesome. sensing. I mean, I've asked a couple of things in this episode so far. I'm sensing a little... I've, re I've read one letter and you've asked Annoyance. me one thing. So the ratio is already pretty f***ed up. So I'm going to need you to just zip it for a little bit as I get through some of these. Here's a letter from the year 4000. No questions, I'm please. I'm going to have questions because it's very far in the future. A diary entry from Kit Greer Mulvena. No questions? No questions. If you were the real Kit, you'll, you'd know what you'd written. <laughs> you have a gun pointed to my head. <laughs> If you were a real kit, you'd know that, wouldn't you, clone kit? <laughs> wouldn't you, Annie J? <laughs> the next piece of paper from the box is a clipping from a newspaper of a report. Hunt for missing Cambridge physicist. The British Intelligence Service has been brought into the hunt for missing physicist Annie J. 
Miss J, who is well respected for her work in the field of quantum mechanics, was last seen ten days ago at her Cambridge University laboratory. As a young student at the university, she was said to have been linked to a private entity involving research into time travel. Her contemporaries ridiculed the line of research as fictional, and Miss Annie came close to expulsion from the university. The story takes an unusual twist in that her laboratory assistant, Miss Vassy A., a former student of Moscow University and citizen of the USSR, disappeared three days after Miss Annie. Security officers have screened Miss Annie several times in the last few years, yet rumors still abound. The possibility of her defection to the USSR is a common topic currently on the Cambridge campuses. However, there have also been suggestions that MI5 themselves may be directly involved with the disappearance of both women. Listen, quantum physicists don't just disappear. No. That's like saying Jason Bourne just uh, disappeared, okay? They're in a very, very high-risk occupation. Yeah. I don't know what the f*** quantum physics really is, but I imagine Annie's tinkering around with the quantum computer somewhere. She, you know, uh, makes one of the screws a little loose and she's gone from this universe. Exactly. The only reason a quantum mechanic is disappearing is because she did something wrong, or she did something right. Exactly. And we're about to find out which one it was. Kit, I have a picture. Just because I got so much evidence from this shoebox, I'm going to really, I'm going to absolutely drown you in it. Uh, here is a picture right here of the newspaper clipping, which you can see to uh, validate its authenticity. Names obviously redacted. This seems weird because if the names are redacted and this is a real newspaper report, mm-hmm. surely we could just find this report somewhere online. Anyway, for, for avoidance of doubt, this, this is seemingly a real newspaper report. Hunt for missing Cambridge physicist. That's actually the picture as well of presumably Annie. Yeah, weirdly not redacted as well. Yeah, <laughs> like usually, I mean, I guess that was before they could pixelate things. Underneath the newspaper clipping were more pages from her diary. 28th of April, 1953. I didn't get back to the lab until 4 p.m. Vasi and I checked in with the experiment and everything is running on course. I shall tell more about that side of things later, but now refreshed with a cup of tea. Now to make matters even more interesting, the next item in the shoebox was in an envelope labeled Donald McLean, 1962. Inside the envelope was a small bit of quarter inch tape. Now Heather, who owned the box, managed to convert it into an MP3 while, as we said, beeping out Annie's second name to preserve anonymity. Kit, I have that recording right here. Actually, six. Would you care to comment? Well, I'm, I'm, I really don't feel that this is what I agreed to talk to you about. Could you confirm whether or not you knew any whilst you studied at Cambridge? I did know any, yes. It has been suggested that whilst working on top secret research into the possibility of manipulating time, any was passing her findings on to the Soviet Union. I, I, I don't know anything about that, I'm afraid. And do you have any idea of any whereabouts? I'm, I'm afraid I can't possibly comment. Is she currently in the Soviet Union? 
Wow, right. that is some Academy Award level acting. Watch it, all right? That's the recording that was in the shoebox recovered by Heather, converted from quarter inch tape into an MP3 and uploaded onto SoundCloud. Don't get me wrong, I'm not actually yet claiming that the tape itself is some sort of fake. I'm just saying, the guy saying, Oh, what's that, Project Kronos? Oh, much scared. Bye bye now. Yeah, he, he kind of had a pretty good good thing going where he's like, I'm afraid I can't uh, comment on that. No yeah, comment. Stonewall, I'm pleading the fifth. Yeah. And then he's like, you know, he's got like a little cup of tea and he's having a sip. And they're like, oh, I, before I go, can I ask you about Project Kronos? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, no comment. <laughs> it's like, well, that's weird. You reacted that way as soon as I mentioned Kronos because it sounded like you didn't know about anything else, but you really know about Project Kronos. Yeah, you <laughs> seem upset that I know about Project Kronos. It's like, no, no. Actually, I guess I could tell you about it because uh, I could just go back in time and make this never happen. What was that you said? Nothing. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. You know, we've got some mention of this girl, this scientist, Annie J. People asking about her whereabouts. People wondering, do you know if she defected and is now at the USSR? Do you know, did she exist? Was she working at the university? Where did she disappear to? And yet, no answers, just more questions. That is interesting because, you know, especially back then, people thought of the USSR, the Russia as, you know, the Iron Curtain. Isn't that what they called it? It was like, you know, nothing got in, nothing got out. So... Unlike these days, where even in Russia, of course, they have everything we've got McDonald's. internet, social media. Well, I was thinking more communication technologies. IHOP. I don't think they even have IHOP. That's you know, very it's, in, it's an international house of pancakes. They probably do have one. <laughs> it's kind of a misnomer. I think it's yeah. literally, it might be it's US It's not called and the National House of Pancakes, the Great American you gotta House move of Pancakes. Pack. You got to move past IHOP. I was thinking more internet, social media, telephone communications, Dunkin' Donuts. At the very least. You're just talking about American fast food chains. Yeah, but they they have them over here. They have them in the UK. They got but Dunkin' Donuts. But it's completely behind, besides the point. All right. The point is... What's the point then? I'm, I'm, I'm missing out on here. That if Annie went to the USSR back in the day, no one would know. They wouldn't even have a Krispy Kreme. Oh, jeez. At the very least. Whereas nowadays... She might have had Krispy Kremes. <laughs> She might have had. They had donuts then. Yeah, and even true. in Russia. They probably... It did. wouldn't make a difference to the story, though, right. would it? I, okay, yeah, I can see that. I can see that, yeah. So you're thinking, like, not donuts, like a Subway or something. I, forget, I, I get what you're, I get forget, what you're forget saying. Forget I said anything. Forget I said anything. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Because it's, it's, it's the whole thing with the Iron Curtain, is that you don't know what's behind it, right? Isn't that what you're implying? I, yeah. I feel like we're on the same yeah, page, yeah, which yeah. is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pancakes. Starbucks, probably none of that either. The next diary entry is from the 2nd of May, 1953. I'm occasionally going to have to make entries in cipher to this diary. There are certain things that I dare not write down, in case this is read while I'm still around. And then, three lines of untranslatable gobbledygook. This is going to be a huge part of the diaries moving forward, <laughs> is that essentially it's one paragraph, two paragraphs of English, yeah. and then ending it with a paragraph in a broken code. Interesting. That, Interesting. Granted, I didn't try very hard, 
but I wasn't able to decipher and to my knowledge hasn't been deciphered. And judging by the number of plays on that SoundCloud uh, track that you played to us, Mm -hmm. it seems like a lot of people aren't working on this thing. No, we could be the first to crack this, guys. Very exciting. The next diary entry, two days later, the 4th of May. Vasi and I spent the morning refitting parts to the machine. It's running at about 23% capacity. So far, the results look good. We're planning on running some inanimate object tests in the next week or so. The good news is, I know we get at least as far as moving an inanimate object. How? Because this afternoon, a tiny folded piece of paper appeared in the machine. It had a date written on it in Vasi's handwriting. What? So Annie and Vasi are trying to get this machine working. Mm-hmm. They're having some problems only, with power at the minute. And only got it to 23% capacity, but they're trying to work on some inanimate objects. But already, Vasi, the assistant, has seemingly reached her little arm through time and dropped the piece of paper there. Apparently so. Uh, a piece of paper with a date on it has appeared in the machine. Very strange. Hmm. 5th of May, 1953. We ran a full power test of the latest machine and blew pretty much every circuit it contained. An enormous amount of costly damage. At that point, Stephen went into one of his spirals. He spent his days staring at the river or wandering aimlessly around the garden. Conrad, meanwhile, tirelessly picked up the pieces, a pattern that had often been repeated over the years. He and I stripped the machine back to its basic components, saved what we could, and made an inventory of what replacements we would need. They biffed it. They tried to, They went from 23% to 100%, and the thing exploded. Yeah, that's you can't ridiculous. Do that. You can't do that. You can't go from just, uh, you know, warming up courtside to then trying to do a triple alley-oop dunk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the next move. This is the equivalent of waking up in the morning, yeah. running to a basketball court, not stretching once, and attempting the Space Jam half-court slam dunk. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You were going to break one of every bone of your body. For a start, you're in the wrong cinematic universe. It's only possible in the Space Jam universe. Exactly. That was a huge mistake. You know, I can see that. You get a little bit of success. You get a note, possibly, from the future. And it's like, hey, let's crank this bad boy up. Let's go, let's go f- take a selfie with a T-Rex. Yeah. But time try you got all the time in the world you crazy little bastards you don't need to rush it if anything you could probably take five you, you could you stop could right there quit your job yeah <laughs> then when you're like retired 80 years old you're like you know what i will go back and do the time machine because then if you if you go back with all the answers then you can uh, i'm getting confused now am i will i would i still be you're old? getting confused by just aging uh, yeah would i be old if i go back in time it depends on the type of time travel, bud. That's a good point. That's a good point. So you probably shouldn't wait 80 years. Don't just wait to 80 be years. Careful. Scrap that. You know what? Fuck it. Go back in time. Right. Kill yourself because he knows too much already. Take his place. No. Why would you kill yourself? That doesn't make any sense to would me. Would that make me young? No. I'm killing yourself back in time. That would make you disappear into smoke or at the very least be replacing your young self with an older version or he's just pointing a gun in his own head will this make me young (laughs) this is the only time machine i need (laughs) this is creepy though you know this is this is a a crazy device straight out of sci-fi movies how creeped out would you be if your future self started sending you messages through time i know which is kind of cool because as she wrote in the diary okay 
I know we have some success with this machine because I got sent something back in time from myself. Very cool. It's like that old saying, you know, they're like, if you if you could go back in time and tell your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? Yeah. Except Vasi biffed it. Vasi didn't even tell any advice. Was just wrote a date. That's true. Yeah. I guess you want to start small. Right. You'd be a little freaked out if you're building a time machine. The first thing you get is like the coordinates to Bin Laden's lair. You're like, this is, should I stop building the time machine now? Or should who, I go kill Bin Laden? Who is Bin Laden? <laughs> This is too early. It's 1953. Yeah, you got to start slow. You got to start slow. Which is a little, hey, what's up? Your pal, future you, you know? Keep it light. Right. The next diary entry, 11th of May, 1953. I got a visit from MI5 this morning. I had just arrived at the lab when two suits turned up. It isn't as exciting as it sounds. It happens fairly frequently. They claim today that they were just doing a routine screening, but... You can tell by their beady little eyes that they were checking up on progress. They're always particularly interested in questioning Vasi. She's Russian, ergo, she must be a spy. The odd thing is, we usually get a visit every six months or so, but the last one we had was early March. One does wonder if, perhaps, they're not as clueless as they seem. I don't know why anyone would think they're clueless, they're MI5. Yeah, if anything, they're pretty clued They're pretty clued up. in. That's, yeah. the, that's their... That's a raison d'etre. I actually don't know what MI5 stands for. Except for Mission Impossible 5. Which was pretty dope. Pretty good branding. Yeah. Right there. Right there. Will we find out? Yeah, sure. I'm going to go with like Her Majesty's Intelligence something. So it was called Mission Impossible 5 Rogue Nation. Okay, no. The not, the... not the movie. Oh, I mean... what, what, what the thing stands for. Okay. Yo, there's an MI7? There's an MI6? I assume there would be, implying that, you know, 7 implies that there is 6. I mean, to be fair, if they skip one, you know that's the most secretive of all. Yeah. you got to be worried about MI <laughs> 1 through 4. It's It stands for Military Intelligence Section 5. Ooh, that's pretty dope. Apparently. That's pretty dope. So, uh, MI5 is the United Kingdom's Domestic Counterintelligence and Security Agency, uh, which sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's a that's a cool name. I'd love it if like MI4 was just like catering, <laughs> keeping the vending machines stacked. MI3, cleaning services. Yeah, they come yeah. in when MI2 are done. They you know restock the printers. They make sure that the kitchen area is all cleaned up. Sure. MI1. Retired, obviously. There was a first, they were gone. They're like 90 years old now. MI7, they're the new generation. They're millennials. They're on TikTok. They're on Snapchat. They're mostly the social media arm of the military. At the end of this diary entry, of course, is another string of sentences all written in code. Wow, we gotta crack this code, man. That seems like it's the most important bit. Dude, I will say, so this is the only bit that I've managed to kind of work out so far. There is one part of this section that says XE5. So assuming that there's no change in numbers, XE5 is referring to MI5, which would also imply that X equals M and E equals I. So you could already use that as a basis to start translating it. Anytime there's an X, it's an M and an E is an I. I hear what you're saying. So this is some sort of straightforward substitution cipher. Where a we substitution simply, jutsu, if you will. <laughs> so we are simply changing the letters based on a, on, a, on a static cipher. This isn't some kind of complicated encryption code. Yeah, which, you know, you might expect from someone who works in quantum mechanics to be a bit more high tech. 
But I mean, by I'm, the way, they worked in quantum mechanics back in the 50s, so they didn't know jack shit. Yeah, that's basically grade one mathematics now. Two plus two, two plus three. Yeah, that was quantum back in the day. <laughs> the next diary entry is the 13th of May, 1953. We fitted the tubes and tuned the machine first thing to prepare for the test. It started up perfectly and we raised it to 47% capacity. For the experiment, I decided to prepare 100 pieces of folded paper. I wrote the date on 99 of them and Vasi wrote the date on one. We put the 100 pieces into a bag, plucked one out at random, still folded, and placed the paper in the machine. It took several seconds for the paper to completely disappear, but disappear it did. Then Vasi and I checked the other 99 pieces of paper. Each one was in my handwriting. What? This is actually super clever. They know that the slip of paper that got sent back was in Vasi's handwriting. That's right. So what they did was, in a bag, had one piece of paper with Vasi's handwriting on it, and 99 slips with Annie's. So, to prove that it is the same piece of paper that was sent back, I mean, mathematically, the odds are super against it being Vassie's, unless it is the piece of paper that was sent back, in which case it would have to be Vassie's. You have a nosebleed, sir. <laughs> you have to tell me that you're understanding this. This, this is interesting. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm getting a little confused because they knew of Vassie's handwriting sent back through time. Yeah. They have the opportunity to change the course of history by Vassie not writing a piece of paper. What? Now, what if they had the other nostril starts bleeding? What if they had written a hundred pieces of paper with just Annie's handwriting? I don't understand how paradoxes work, but I think that would destroy the universe. Wow. Okay. Or maybe the second that they don't send it back, it's rewritten. Like time is rewritten Mm. immediately, so they've forgotten that it was ever anything else. Yeah, they like dovetail into a different universe where Vasi never sent back the note in the first place. Yeah. Like, if I have a time machine and I send Rory back an apple, and I'm like, dope, I love this apple, thank you. A couple weeks later, I build the time machine and send myself back a banana. The second that banana hits the time machine, I'm like, dope, that's the banana that I sent back that I have on my shelf. (laughs) It's always been a banana. You know, I don't know how this thing overwrites itself. This is pretty fascinating stuff, guys. Okay, I take it back. It wasn't two plus two. They kind of knew something. They know a little bit. The only thing she wrote that tempers my excitement slightly is that I would have expected the future me to have sent other messages to the present me by now. Hmm, so true. What happened? It's like there's some kind of event horizon beyond which they cannot see or travel. Yeah, is that the destruction of the time machine? (gasps) Who knows? The next entry, 18th of May, 1953. Five days later... We received another visit from MI5 today. Not the usual suits, but far more intelligent. I'm not sure how, but I think they're aware of how far along we are with the experiments. They questioned me on my research, asked where my loyalties lay, and told me in no uncertain terms that if my experiments proved successful, I would be expected to do my bit for the country. I could see the possibilities running around my interviewer's mind, and no matter how hard I try to explain to him that time travel cannot affect events, they seem fixated on using my research as a tool. Of course, if we could travel back through time and change events, it would be an incredibly powerful machine. The thought of being able to prevent the Second World War, for example, by sending some sort of time-traveling assassin back is appealing. 
My god. We've heard that phrase before. Time traveling assassin. Can you believe my shock when I read this diary entry from the 18th of May, 1953, talking about a time-traveling assassin being sent back to change world events by a government. The only problem is, he biffed it. There was World War II and World War One. It's true. That is very true. But it doesn't discount the possibility that a time-traveling assassin exists. Yeah. And look, guys, maybe World War II as we know it right now, is the good outcome. That was, that was a warm-up for World War Tres. Yeah, maybe World War Tres is when Hitler became a wizard, all right? Well, he died in World War II, so... I'm saying if, we, if he hadn't, oh. then he could have gone on to... And maybe, maybe you know, you know he, everyone says he died in that bunker. You yeah. know who else was in that bunker with him? Leroy Anderson. Leroy Anderson's had 400 years of practice making things look like a suicide. But of course, over 400 years of assassinating humans is going to weigh on a human's heart, which is what happened to Leroy, and he had to come clean. Yeah. Annie went on to write, However, the science now just does not support this sort of interference. Let me explain further. If our time-traveling assassin could go back to, say, 1930 and shoot Hitler before he won the war... They would simply move to a timeline in a parallel universe in which Hitler is always shot. In the original universe, it's still a timeline where Hitler wasn't killed. You see, in some universes, Hitler survives. In others, he's shot. In others, he never even existed. Every possible outcome is present somewhere in our collection of infinite universes. And then, of course, a series of code at the end of the entry. Now, what she's saying here is... If Leroy Anderson was indeed a time-traveling assassin, the CIA, the FBI, whoever is working on this time machine would have to have solved it in a way that it would make going back and changing past events change the current timeline and not split the timeline into parallel universes. Mm. You know, I, I don't even know where you start with that. Yeah, I mean, this is very much uncharted territory because to this day, I mean, we are 70 years later than Annie's writing this and we still do not know yeah. whether there is a linear timeline in which all of human history has occurred or whether there is an infinite array of parallel timelines in which every possible event and outcome has happened. If, if, if we were working at a university, we're two university peers and sure. I'm like, hey, I'm going to look at uh, solving some of the mathematical equations of the universe, just some basic stuff. If you could look at how to change events in the past to not split the current timeline into parallel universes, that would be great. That would be dope. If you could help me with that, because that seems like your job is a lot more possible than my job. Well, mine's not possible. I'm looking at the mysterious equations that make up the matter of the universe. Yeah. And you can't find out how, how just to not split the timeline. Okay, well, if you think it's so easy, because I could actually have a pretty good crack at your problem. So if you if we want to swap, if you're cause if you think you've got this. Brother, I'd love to hey, I'd love to swap, bro. I'd love to swap. Unfortunately, my grant has already been delivered. I'm getting paid to do the universe shit. I'm gonna find out why Mars is red. Okay, right? well, well, I'm gonna find why out. Why is my grant been 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 been, been, been granted <laughs> to let me study whatever I want? Why are you putting this on me, bro? I'm the guy who gets to give out the grant money. I gave myself a. So grant. you gave yourself the yeah, grant. Yeah, I gave myself a grant money. I want to look at the universe. I want to find it. I want to find out what 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 makes up an alien. I want to find out what's the coolest the coolest planet to have a beer on. The questions of the universe. And I need you to find out that if I if I go out there, if I'm going to do anything, it's going to f*** with the timelines. Yeah. 
what the fuck are you planning on doing? Because you seem really worried about messing up timelines and you seem to be giving me zero wiggle room on investigating this myself because I don't really want to do it. I'll be clear. Let me be very clear. You have zero wiggle room. Not even an inch either way. Because you know what happens when time wiggles? It separates. Mitosis, my friend. You get multiple dimensions so right? you obviously understand this far better than i do yeah i got actually just... got i got pretty close last year with the first grant it was really i they gave me like 100 grand investigating uh, the time do i get 100 grand no absolutely i spent a, well i spent like 10 years worth of grant on my course last year you are the worst which was learn I, I was trying to find out how to split the timelines and, uh, and now you want to find out how not to split the timeline? Yeah, I don't know how to shut the machine. I basically need you to shut what down the machine. What ma- machine are you talking about? <laughs> I built a machine. So uh, this seems to be split in timelines, left, right, and center. You're kind of, you know, how do I word this? I don't need you to find out how not to split the timelines as much as I need you to break the machine. I quit. Fair. Very fair. But you could also argue that this is another universe in which you do not quit. No, no, I'm walking away. You're walking it right. Yeah. This is the one here's where you my, Here's my security clearance. All uh, right. I'm good. Thanks. All right. Claire, send in the next one. <laughs> Open double doors it's a to clone reveal. of me. <laughs> the next diary entry is the 30th of May, 1953. I met Dr. S first thing in the morning, and he gave me the envelope. The envelope is addressed to me, Miss Annie J, and him, Dr. Arnold S, University of Cambridge, and is postmarked July 11th, 1911. Whoa. It was delivered with a message asking Dr. S to hand the letter over to a Miss Annie J early in the morning of the 30th of May, 1953. So to be clear, Annie was born in 1913, and yet this letter was addressed to her two years before she was even born. born. How did they even know her name? Once I'd said my goodbyes to Dr. S, I cut open the envelope and pulled out a postcard. Inside the letter was the solution to the power consumption problem. And it's so obvious and so simple now that I see it. Of course, I recognize the handwriting immediately. And the last diary entry from the box. The 31st of May, 1953. I have to admit, I'm more frightened than I thought I would be. So I took a healthy dose of laudanum? Yeah, so I laudanum. took a... Laudanum? Mm -hmm. So I took a healthy... You're like, oh yeah, brother, that's the good shit. Laudium? Oh yeah. You want to time travel? (laughs) You'll wake up in a stripper's bedroom in (laughs) Vegas in three days time. This one will make you time travel. This one will make you go to the moon. This one will make your insides, outsides, and your hair into bees. This one will f*** up your whole day. That's a picture of your (laughs) (laughs) ex-wife. Yep. I feel like I undercut the dramatic tones of the final diary entry there, so... We'll I don't, go, I don't we'll think you start. did. It's all good. 31st of May, 1953. I may have to admit I'm more frightened than I thought I would be. So I took a healthy dose of laudanum to help me get through. I saw Stephen and Conrad briefly, which made me feel better. The adjustments to the machine were fairly minor. It's running well at 100%. My only concern is the slight flickers of static, but evidence suggests I make a successful journey so I need to take a leap of faith. I've set the destination to 1911. The last piece of writing in the box is scribbled on a note that simply says, they are smashing through the door. I must hurry. And then a line of code. 
Well, she gave some pretty spicy stuff there, so I don't know what the the code is saying. <laughs> yeah, you pretty much laid it all all out on the table. Yeah, I mean, they're smashing through the door. Must go. Anyway, here's a final concluding paragraph about my thoughts on the day. That only I can decipher. <laughs> and now I don't exist because I've gone back to two years before I was born. So those MIB slash MI5 assholes were busting through the door trying to take the technology for, for, for Her Majesty's Secret Service. But they were getting out of the bish. Yeah, they were going. They were gone. The last piece of evidence in the box is itself the postcard that was sent in the envelope that reads, Dear Annie, if all goes according to plan, Dr. Arnold should give you this on the 30th of May, 1953, over 40 years from now. Use the information contained if you desire. After all, in some universes you will, and others you won't. The solution to the power consumption issue is as follows. And there's several lines of blacked out text. I suppose if you've got this far, then you are beyond trying to understand paradoxes. Paradoxes are indeed only for those who can view time as a straight line from point A to point B. I can absolutely confirm Stephen's prediction that it is so much more. It's a line, a loop, a tangle of threads, a sculpture of dazzling complexity. Best of luck. Signed, Annie J. <gasps> This, my friends, is what we call in the business a paradox. This is a complete loop. Annie J sent herself the instructions on how to fix the machine that she learnt from a postcard from herself in the past. That's right. So the only way she could have got that is if we just said she jumps into the machine and goes back in time to 1911 to be there to create the postcard to send to her in the future that enables her to go back in time to write the postcard to have the the way to fix the machine to send to her you see what i'm doing send to her in the future to be able to fix okay, the machine to go back to, to go back to go to, to, go, to, go, to go back to the time to where she could write the it. postcard it's a loop it's a, it's a loop but did she not say herself? That is not a straight line. It's so much more than that. It is. It was very beautiful. I think she said it is a sculpture of infinite complexity. It's a, yeah, some, something, some bullshit like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't have the it's confines. It's like a tangler. It's. I think she said it's like a wit. No, like a she didn't liken it it's to like a Pokemon a, because she was born in 1913. It's like a plate of spaghetti with buttery noodles. All right, and no, you're trying to gra- like you're trying to noodles. grab those noodles, and they're slipping and sliding. Okay, well, it is like buttery noodle because she because the, there is no paradox. Clearly, in some alternate universe, she discovers the solution to the problem, and then sends the information back to herself and solves the problem. All right, <laughs> but, so so but, you're saying instead of it being like a perfect loop, one Annie in one timeline got it right, and this didn't need Annie's help. Didn't need Annie's help. So that's where it was. That's where, that's where it, started. it started. That's one theory. And now this code to fix the machine is being like ping ponged across the universes where all the Annies did need it from another Annie. That's right. But then the only problem is, hear me out. If the first Annie managed to solve the machine and get it working properly, then why would the second Annie to receive the information on how to fix it be getting a letter from 1911? Wouldn't the letter be from the point in which she managed to fix the machine? Why would the first Annie need to go back in time to send the second Annie a letter? I don't know if she just want to f- 
with everyone's head by sending a letter from before she was even born. Imagine we just stopped the podcast there. (laughs) (laughs) No outro music, no anything. It just went on to the next one. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here. Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Look, guys, it's time travel, you know? It's it's an incredibly convoluted process uh, especially when it comes to trying to break it down and understand the laws of That's how right. it works. That's one of the reasons why we can't do it for, <laughs> for as far as I'm concerned. Obviously, I wanted to include this story with Heather, with Annie in the shoebox, not only because it is an incredible bit of uh, narrative writing, but it is chalk a block with evidence. Guys, I was reading out um, diary entries, but... I didn't show them to Kit for the sake of time, but every single one of these has also been scanned by hand and uploaded to the blog. Even the postcard at the end, which I was talking about, exists. It's been scanned. All of these documents, these are all real. And I gotta say, if they have been doctored, they did a pretty damn good job. It genuinely looks like these were written with an ink. What do you call those pens? Fountain pen? Like, uh, yeah. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Eagle feathers? feather pens well that's different yeah well it's like a majestic ass wizards there we go a quill uh they look like they were written by quill yeah but we still are presented with a problem which is like you mentioned it is possible that these have been faked that someone could have gone to painstaking detail and such as in the case of the news report that whilst somewhat unlikely it is possible someone could have created that report yeah and i will say you know as someone who has spent a lot of time making modern day audio that's been recorded sound like it was recorded in the olden days. The MP3 that we listened to from SoundCloud, it's treading the line. It is. It, it was like too clean. There's something about it a little too clean. 
Uh, I like the touch of the delays between voices as if it was recorded on two ends of a telephone. Mm. Not sure that technology existed in uh, whenever it was, 1960-something, being able to record telephone lines with tape. Oh, no, I guess it probably yeah, did. Yeah, could. There's a lot of stuff in here that definitely requires you to suspend all disbelief, which is a big ask. Not to mention the time travel, which as of today is deemed by the scientific establishment as impossible. Mm -hmm. I will also say, in terms of the diary entries, I cut a lot of stuff out. Sure. I cut a lot of stuff out that was very, very unnecessary. And yeah, you could say that that would maybe increase the the chances of it being an authentic diary. Because there's a lot of stuff in there that, you know, you would be like, I had a sandwich today. It was pretty good. Yeah. But also a lot of the stuff that was in here, it felt like exposition from a film or a novel or something. Mm. It was all a bit fictitious. That would lead me to believe that maybe this Heather stuff, as much as I want it to be real, possibly isn't real. But what I would love to see more than anything else is someone in the paranormal nation out there turn their cryptography skills to this cipher created by Annie. Yeah. And try and decode some of this. Yeah, for sure. This story is great. I love the way that we can break down these three stories between Leroy Anderson, the time-traveling assassin, Die Glock, the Nazi bell, and the shoebox that Heather inherited from her dead uncle. They all tie together, guys. They all talk about Project Kronos. They all talk about time-traveling and assassins and World War II. There's so many overlapping parts that... I mean, as soon as I read the the last couple stories, I was like, this is a two-parter for sure. It's yeah. too interesting to try and squeeze into a two-hour-long episode of this paranormal life. Unfortunately, as we do not have a time machine ourselves, time is of the essence, Kit, and we have to come down on a conclusion. Our question today is, did Project Kronos in any form involve a functioning time machine, be it a machine to send an assassin back to kill a president in the form of a giant Nazi bell nicknamed the Beehive? Or is it in fact a piece of equipment from Cambridge University that was being co-funded by the British government? It is interesting that we have so many parallel versions of the Project Kronos time machine that I guess the idea is that they all use the similar technology um, that finally culminated in Annie's successful journey through time. Yeah. Whilst I do absolutely love the idea of the time-traveling assassin, and not to mention the idea of a secretive time-travel project on Cambridge's own campus, I do worry that this case is an example of the type of case that uses real historical events to conflate with paranormal theories, which make them seem a little bit more believable. Right. So... We do know that the Nazis in World War II era Germany, they had incredible advanced technologies ahead of many other countries in certain aspects, like the rockets, stuff that would go on to become the early NASA program. Oh, yeah. Don't even get me started on how they got there, folks. Right, We'll be talking about the Thule Society, the secret expeditions we that go. they took it's in the right. wars. That's where they got it. They got ancient technology from the aliens the that helped build Earth society. Is hollow. The Earth is hollow. Hitler is in there, still alive, because the ancient aliens that live in a Martha, okay, my friends, can live for hundreds, hundreds of years. Sorry, I got distracted there. You know, and there could have been Diglock. I have read about that before. There may have been some kind of technology or weapon, but do we have enough evidence to say that that was any kind of functioning time travel technology? I mean, it's difficult to believe given that 
Time travel, like you say, is an inherently incredibly complex idea based on a deep understanding of the laws of the universe. Mm -hmm. And given that back then, I mean, they didn't even know about like the speed of light and, and, and wave particle interactions and all that kind of basic stuff that you can learn at school today. They were dumbasses. Se- seems kind of hard to understand how they would have access to some sort of time travel insight that scientists today do not have access to. You know, don't get me started on whether the ancient Anunnaki is time travel. That's another that's another business. I think people in the Stone Age were time traveling, you know, for brunch. Let me tell you that. But uh, I love that the Anunnaki is basically your paranormal Nazis, basically. <laughs> we're getting too fired up. You think if the Anunnaki missed the brunch menu at the favorite brunch spot, they're not going to time travel back to 11 a.m.? You're out of your mind. But Kit, does it matter if scientists in the 1920s or 30s don't know how to travel through time? If these scientists in the 2030s do? So you're saying if they do, then they travel back in time and then the technology is there? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's a spicy idea, but I think with all the evidence we have, we need like corroborated evidence. Because whilst we have a glut of evidence, it is from one historical source. It is from Annie and Heather. It's true. We need, I know it's difficult for Annie because she's trying to hide shit, but we need some amount of authority to confirm this. And for that reason, for me today, I don't think I can say that Project Kronos resulted in a functioning time machine. Yeah, in any capacity, really. One of the things that's a big holdup for me is, obviously, if these secret projects did exist, uh, be it the time-traveling hitman or simply this experiment in Cambridge with Annie, If we were blowing the lid on these experiments right now, we would be stopped. A time traveler who is an assassin would appear right now, probably at the conclusion of this podcast, because we haven't uploaded it yet, uh, would come in and slice us into with a a katana. They would be a ninja. They would, of course. No one's turned up. I haven't even turned up from the future saying, bro, you got this all wrong. You need to say that it's a double yes. Because I would do <laughs> yeah, I would do that if I I'd got I'd be it that wrong. petty. I would use the time machine to, to of get course. that. But nothing's happened. We've no. had no one come back in time to stop us, which would lead me to believe that maybe time travel in our timeline doesn't exist. And maybe it won't ever exist because we need someone from one of the other timelines where it does to bring it here first. That's a depressing state of affairs, ladies and gents. So unfortunately for part two of Project Kronos, it looks like it is going to be this week a double no. no. That is right. But thank you everyone for joining us. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope part two didn't disappoint. As you can see, there's a lot of crazy stuff in there that we couldn't quite just squeeze into the first episode. Listen, it was a huge prestige level, devs level, quantum time travel experiment. And we had to deep dive. We just had to. Yeah. And, you know, we don't have a time machine, and that's fine. I can't imagine I would use it wisely. Every other technology I have been granted, I have used and abused. I think if I got a time machine, I would probably... This might be irresponsible. This might not be irresponsible. I'd probably just, like, spin the dial. So it's, like, going through the years from, like, 1800s to, you know, spinning it all the way up to 2000s. You spin it so hard it breaks. You don't even... It doesn't say anything anymore. And while it's spinning, I just, like cock a gun and like unload into the portal and uh i'll have like wow i'll have like a collection of uh famous world newspapers in front of me and like as i fire i'll be able to see if they change so like what what i did to change the world you are 
A that, criminal, that, a war criminal. That might be irresponsible or not. It's incredibly irresponsible. That I, was. I'm impressed by the level of irresponsibility you could dream up on the spot. What would What would you do if you had a time machine? If I had a time machine, I would honestly just go back a couple of years and just spend one more day with my dog. Oh. Yeah. Did he? Is he? So he's de- he's dead, I guess. Yeah. It's uh It's it's a sore spot for me, but. Uh, that is what I would do. That is my one regret. That is my one wish, is to go back. And honestly, I'm a little crushed that this turned out to be a double no because I really that was that was just what I was holding on for. That's really that is sad. But but the the gun thing. I mean that was that was pretty. You know that was that was that was funny. Though. Well, that would probably that would be like the first thing that I do, and probably right. not even for that long. I do it for like two seconds. Right. And then I would probably go back in time, and stop the the world wars from happening. Both of them. So you you wanted to go back and hug your dog one more time? You said yeah. Well, that that's would no, that's be, fine that, as that well. That would be like the first thing, obviously. Like you just want to get it out of the way, of course. Before yeah. you, well, you start seem doing, pretty, before you, you seem start pretty. doing serious humanitarian work, because it's not that simple to just stop a war. Okay, so I would go back and I would uh, liberate all peoples of the world that have been made refugees that have been uh impacted by various natural disasters but you know if you just want to pick if you want to pick like the kind of glory hunting moment of stopping the war then that's good for you all right that that seems pretty selfish though being unaware of the butterfly effect that liberating all peoples of the world could have but that's fine if you wanted to do that i'd probably uh go back in time and um uh free the slaves who were told to build the pyramids well that's a liberate that's That's, liberating people okay and and you're saying you don't want the the pyramids to exist because the pyramids are pretty dope i would build i'd probably i build them myself right i got all the time in the world i build the pyramids myself think you can lift a rock that big you think you can lift a one-ton rock well i got enough time to get jacked as well don't i i'd be doing squats and deadlifts and shit i'd be like a god to them actually that sounds pretty good I think I'd do that, actually. you become a god? A mean god. I'd go back and I'd pretty much rule the place. You would create a giant stone time travel machine and unload arrow after arrow into the time machine. <laughs> I would rule ancient Egypt. Me, along with your dog, which I ganked from a timeline. Yeah, my, funny enough, my dog didn't die. It just disappeared one day. <laughs> one day it sank into the floor. And Rory's business card had just fallen on the ground in my living room. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that's how <laughs> it just said Rory Pars, Pharaoh and God. That's how uh, we would use our time machines. Let us know how you would use your time machines, uh, sending in your suggestions and investigations into this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. Guys, if you enjoyed the show this week or any week, what if I told you you could get even more, more sweet, delicious bonus content, but it's not from the days of the pyramids. No, it's from the last couple months is when we did them pretty Not, recent pretty pretty, re- recent. pretty recently so they're fresh uh we have a whole banquet full of bonus episodes ready to be gobbled up with support at only five dollars a month five dollars five dollars guys what is that in pounds these days i don't know it changes so much <laughs> whatever we say will be drastically out of date but at the time of recording it's um Wow, it's actually 35 pounds. Pretty 30, pretty up there. That's know? how bad it's gone. Yeah, yeah. It's, things are not good. Ooh, okay. For, that, for 35 pounds, you can get a bo- bonus content that is worth it, my friends. Very much worth it. Um, so definitely check that out. And if you do support us on Patreon, what we'd like to do is give you a shout out at the very end of the podcast. Thank you too, Matthew O'Grady. Matthew O'Gravy. No Sunday dinner is 
perfect without Matthew on the side. Not eating him. I just oh, realized that sounded okay. like I was Woo. eating him. No, no, no. Quite I just meant like to, he's like a fun person to have on a sun round on a Sunday chat. Have some like roast potatoes and stuff, and maybe a little nibble on him. So you're eating like a nibble, just a tiny bit though. That's illegal. Thank you to Crystal Hacker. Crystal Hacker has been down in the mines hacking crystals. That's right, me and going down there deeps into the wizard realms. Because that's what happens when you go deep enough. You go down into wizard territory. Wizards live underground. That's terrifying. Well, they don't live like, up here. Like goblins. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They've been banished down there. So you dig deep enough, you're going to get a couple wizard crystals. Well done, Crystal. Thank you also to Hannah Roberts. Come on down to Hannah's Katanas. That's right. Be you a ancient samurai or a samurai from the future, we've got the sword for you. But if you are not a samurai, don't fucking step foot on the lot or else you will, yes, you will get cut down <laughs> by, a, by a present day samurai that is Shogun Hannah. Hannah herself. Thank you also to Caroline Svinkerod. If it's Caroline, you're looking mighty fine. And if it's Caroline, you're looking mighty thin. <laughs> you look like a dolphin these days is what I'm saying. Got fins? Yeah, she's always kind of in a wetsuit, has a hole in her back. I'm kind of worried about her. I think she's doing like some sort of mutant transformation. Interesting. Trying to unlearn English and instead learn dolphin chat. Of course. Which, let's face it, we all would if we could. So, Caroline, thank you so much for tuning in. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, you just told her to F off. Oh, oh. be careful, man. <laughs> Thank you also to Jeff Waitzel. Jeff Waitzel from Waitzel's Pretzels? You get them with salt, get them with mustard, get some of those hot, doughy pretzels. <laughs> is it, is, are you trying to say pretzel? Is it a pretzel? What he makes can't legally be described as a pretzel. It lacks and includes some ingredients that should not be eaten. I'm looking at it online here. It's bark. It's made of bark. There's some pure bark, bark. involved. Not pure bark. You didn't mention the beetles. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but they are optional. He just doesn't clean the bark. There's still beetles on it. <laughs> Thank you to Luke Elliott. It's Luke the Nuke. So called because if you drop him into a social situation, boom, it's over. No survivors. <laughs> this guy's chat is so boring. Uh... You, Sorry, Luke. You actually hire him for dinner parties, things like that. When when you want the night to end, yeah. Luke swoops in. He bores everyone's ears off, and then they all take off, leaving you to a nice little quiet uh, tidy up. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty good plan, actually. It's a good service you provide, Luke. It's a way to monetize your lack of assets. Thank you to Harmon. There's no Harmon, Harmon. You can't hurt him? Nah. Wow. Borderline invincible. That's pretty bad. Well, that's pretty great. On account of the Zorb ball that they wear at all oh, no. times. Try and run him over with a truck. Zorb. That'll do it, actually. That will pop the ball. That'll... So he's yeah, not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is Harmon Harmon. Right, but anything below running over with the truck, he's pretty good. What about a spear? If I just threw a spear out. That would take out the Zorb. That would go through. That would... Seems like a lot of things can or bullets, harm Harmon. Fire would melt it. Yeah. Yeah, because when you said there's no Harmon Harmon, that he's... Right, in, well, it, a punch or a kick wouldn't get through. I thought... What if I kind of instead of a fist just pointed my fingers? That could probably, That'd be sharp enough. If you had sharp nails, that would go through the door. Probably probably. He seems pretty harmable. There is harm in Harmon. Right, well, that wouldn't rhyme otherwise. Thank you to Lizzie Evans. 
Well, if it isn't Dizzy Evans, uh, Lizzy is actually somewhat related to UK rapper Dizzy Rascal. But where oh. Dizzy got some cool rap abilities, Lizzy just has a debilitating amount of dizziness. Vertigo, essentially. Pretty awful. Pretty wow. awful. She can rap. She can. But it just it doesn't... She doesn't have the same stage presence because she can't stand up. She it's can't most, get the crowd going. It's mostly about, like, raps about being confused and lost and not knowing Quite where sad. Yeah, yeah. It's not really a hype track, a club track. You know? <laughs> Thank you to Daisha Hill. Jack and Jill and Daisha Hill are all allergic to water. Allergic to water? That's right. How do they live? Poorly. Oh. Is how they live. Because as you know, human beings are 60% water. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Anymore, and I, they would be dead. I thought they could just drink milk. No. Milk is... Is milk water? There's gotta mostly be some water, water in, wa- in milk, mostly right? water. Most things are water. What isn't water? water? I mean, rock is, of course. But liquids. Drinkable liquids. I mean, they're all like... Apple juice is f***ing water. Oh, of course it's water. The hell? Why am I just realizing this now? Even like oil, I'm pretty sure, is just water. water. You know what I mean? It's like... it's Dude, like, big water are running this planet. We need to g- invest in water, because turns out a lot of shit is water. What about like syrup? Bee syrup? Honey? Honey, yeah. Is that water? Mostly water. No! Of course. Where does the... Mo- water is just like the basis of everything. What is in water? What can you drink that isn't water? Soup? That's water. I read a dope thing recently. It was like... I just Google what isn't water. You get your phone taken off you for being a dumbass. I read recently there's like a cloud of water in, in somewhere in the universe that they found. And it's like... Wait, just a cloud? Wait, what? Yeah. Just like a floating cloud of water. So not even a cloud at that point, right? Is it just... It's just floating water. And apparently it's like... It's like one trillion times the weight of Earth or something. Why don't we investigate that? Yeah. The surf planet. (laughs) (laughs) The silver surfer. No, no, no. You misunderstand. He surfs away forever. God, that sounds like your nightmare as you were allergic to water. But hell, I'm glad you're still kicking about. Thank you also to Dan Brown. Dan Brown, the man in the crown. Don't get him confused with the king because the king gets really upset with that. Is he some sort of burger king? Uh, yeah, he's more of a fast food fanatic who also happens to wear a crown. But uh, Dan very much will tell people that he's the king. He is not the king. What we, what we like to do is indulge him and just be like, oh, of course, your highness. Bow to him a little bit. Kiss his, uh, kiss his rings, which are ring pops. So you get a bit of fruity deliciousness. Why are we, why are we humoring him? It's easier. It's easier than, than telling him that he's not a king. So just everyone play along. That would be great. Thank you to Janae Warner. I tried to warn her, but Janae wouldn't listen. She jumped into that time machine at 120% capacity with the dial broken off because Rory smashed it to bits. And she ended up in the Jurassic era. That's right. Her friends are dinosaurs. Her enemies are also dinosaurs. (laughs) Her family. There's no family because dinosaurs don't have family. Right, of course. She befriended dinosaurs? That's pretty badass. Friends is strong, a strong word. They tolerate her existence. They're mostly herbivores. Got it. Very little to gain from her. Thank you also to Alex Minchel. Alex Minchel, the pinch doll. You know when they would like release all those dolls to kids and it's like, oh, this one can eat berries from a spoon. <laughs> this one can piss. This doll. <laughs> the thing is, I don't know if our, I remember that. I don't know if our listeners remember that, which sounds weird. This doll pinches. Pinches like it wants a fight. (laughs) 
this little two foot, two foot, 240 pounds somehow. Lobster clawed demon will pinch and pinch and pinch it until is, it's a giant lobster. It is in a diaper. It's a lobster in a diaper. And it can piss. <laughs> Actually loves berries and pissing as well. <laughs> that's an unlisted feature of this doll. <laughs> it's more of a byproduct. <laughs> the, the the fuel that enables the doll to piss actually needs to run through the unit in some factor. Yes, via the doll's penis. Meaning that it also pisses, of course. But it's mostly sold on its pinching properties. Do not buy this for your kids. It's no. a bad role model. Alex, why did you even make Nay be the doll? Thank you also to Tom Turner. Tom Turner, the ROM burner. If you want any kind of uh, illegally hacked video game from the years 1970 through 2005, mm -hmm. Tom's your guy. Burning ROMs. Burning ROMs all day longs. He is terrible. I don't know if you've ever played him in any of these games, Mario Kart, Smash Bros, any of these things. He's garbage. He can't play for shit. He doesn't have to. He's the guy that knows how he's to get it he's done. He's like, like the architect. Exactly. You think the architect is good at kung fu? Of course he's not. He just has to sit in the chair. Be. He doesn't, he doesn't have, have to be. be. He can delete your fucking existence, which is also what Tom <laughs> can do. He can delete your save file. Thank you to Eli Hedges. Come on down to Eli's Hedges, where you can get all the hedges you need. You want big hedges, small hedges, hedges with berries? Those babies gotta eat. <laughs> babies? I thought they were dolls. Those baby dolls gotta eat, and Eli's got the goods. You can have, you can have hedges, hollow hedges to hide in, thick hedges to, to guard stuff. Uh, this is the TV it's advert. A weird ad. <laughs> we got hedges that don't even look like hedges. Hedges that look like trucks. Park them around your house. No one can see in. Uh, come down to Eli's hedges. I'm not gonna come. And remember, the grass is always greener in the Sur hedge. Surprisingly good. Catchphrase. It's pretty. It's all right, isn't it? He nailed the catchphrase. Everything else is kind the of. The rest of the copy was off the terrible. wall. Terrible. Thank you to Kyle Lockwood. Knock on wood. It's Kyle Lockwood. I knock on wood because Kyle's incredibly dangerous, and I wouldn't want him to actually be around. Oh, why is he so dangerous? He's a mass murderer. Oh, nothing even yeah. to do with wood. No, 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 no. It's just knock it's on just wood. A oh right. Let's get lucky. Because hopefully <laughs> he's not here. Because he's a dangerous, awful criminal murderer. Thank you to Lauren Jones. Lauren Jones digs up foreign bones. She's the best archaeologist <laughs> in the world. What? Really? Yeah. Better than... I was going to say the guy from uh, Jurassic Park, but he's a paleontologist. Yeah. I think the most famous one is Indiana Jones. Yeah, he's pretty popular. She's bigger than him. Well, he didn't. He wasn't really a bone guy. He was more like a, more like a treasure guy. You know what I'm saying? He's all about the glitz, the glory, yeah, the glam. Exactly. Whereas Lauren is the, the, the academic. You know what I mean? Even in the last movie, they were like, hey, I found this, this alien skull. And he's like, get that shit out of my sight. And they were like, well, it's made of crystal. A crystal skull, you say? Now you speaky my language. I love skulls. Yeah, now I like bones. Oh, it just means it's a skull shaped like a crystal. Get that <laughs> stomp so it with his friggin' boot. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, lastly but not leastly, to Jam Taylor. Jam Taylor is a jam sailor. That's right, a very historical figure. They sailed the seven seas selling jam huh. all around the world. Is that a lucrative bit? I guess it is. Everyone likes jam, right? It was until you think everyone likes jazz, until they got to the Polynesian Wait, did you say jam or jazz? Jam. Oh, right, okay. Because <laughs> no, not everyone likes jazz. 
Of course not. Taylor got to the Polynesian Islands, and turns out they do not take kindly to jam on wow. their island. It's sticky, it's a very overpowering flavor. Okay. They murdered them. Is my telling a stupid question? Right. And I don't want to go out on a stupid question, sure. but I have to ask it. Okay. Is jam water? A good amount of it is water. What the f***, man? Yeah, what is stuff. what isn't water? Uh, well, I Google it right now. I Google it. Yeah, just I genuinely want to know what comes up. What isn't? So the first result was what isn't kosher, which is a more sensible good question. question. Is water kosher? I'm pretty sure. You're taking a genuinely suspicious amount of time. Is this going to say something like everything is water? Everything is technically water. Nothing's not water. What? Okay, I need to rephrase. <laughs> what liquid isn't water? I've I've gone downhill since school. I'll tell you that much. Hey. All right, this isn't the dumbest question after all. Okay, okay. I, see, it just sounded stupid. I'm sure there's a sensible way of wording this. Yeah, there is a sensible way of wording this. Awesome. Let's cut out all those questions we asked earlier. Every pure element in liquid form does not contain water. Okay. So whilst, like I said, you know, oil, for example, is going to be a certain amount of water because it's not pure. But as this guy points out, gasoline theoretically doesn't have water in it because it's like a pure chemical right it in itself is is the liquid okay i see i see so that's genuinely you know so like mercury in a in a thermometer there's no zero water in that that's like red mercury in a nazi dichloroquine it's a double yes (laughs) zero five two five is of course zero percent water it is Wow, that's incredible. I'm glad we managed to sensibly tie up that with some scientific investigation right there at the end. That's like having a little after-dinner mint after eating a shit sandwich <laughs> <laughs> to, go, to go out on something semi-comprehensible. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for eating down this week's shit sandwich. I, <laughs> I hope you had a great... It was a two-parter. It was a footlong. <laughs> it was a club's <laughs> shit sandwich. <laughs> this week as always we'll be back next week with with another serving uh so i hope you enjoyed this podcast <laughs> we'll see you later bye bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.